Hi everyone, you are listening to episode 32 of the Elysium Project podcast, Cultivating Self-Love with Amanda Heisman. I'm your host, Brian Johnson. If you enjoy listening to the Elysium Project podcast, the number one thing you can do to help this movement grow is to share our content with your family and friends. We are also an ad-free, listener-supported podcast. You can help support us for just $5 a month by joining our Patreon subscriber zone, which you can find on our website along with all our social media links at www.elysiumproject.tv. Today, I'm speaking with Amanda Heisman. Amanda is a nutrition intuitive and energy coach. She discovered her passion for nutrition and wellness accidentally on purpose while recovering from a car accident that rendered her physically and mentally stuck. She strives to inspire professionals to just begin to take control of improving their health through baby steps in nutrition, nature, self-care, and creative expression. Amanda is also a friend, and while exchanging ideas for this podcast and reflecting on both of our personal journeys over the past year, we decided it would be a great idea to speak on the subject of self-love. I think self-love can be a challenging aspect of our lives to maintain. We're often inherently our own biggest critic, and the mind tends to want to wander into negative thinking as a fear-based survival instinct. With all of us in such a unique position given the global pandemic over the past two years, I can't think of a better time than now to reflect on how we can all be a little more kind and gentle towards ourselves. Amanda Heisman, welcome to the Elysium Project podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. I'm happy to be here. Totally. We just had an amazing little breathwork meditation before before we went live here which I really appreciated I haven't had uh that's the that's the first time actually strangely I guess that a guest and I do that but it really reset our energy I think for for this discussion that we're about to have yeah just a nice little centering practice I like to do that four seven eight breathing I learned from Dr. Andrew Whale who's a big name in the wellness industry, one of my favorite teachers, but um, yeah, just a quick little centering practice to kind of, I do that with my clients and with myself when I'm going from one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. Andrew, Andrew Whale, he's been around. He's like original OG. He's an OG, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he's been around for a long, long time in the alternative um, sort of healing. and He has. Great man. Great uh father if you will yes yeah yeah and so today we're going to be talking about self-love and how to cultivate self-love within ourselves and I think that this kind of came up this wasn't going to necessarily be our um, first chosen subject of conversation but it sort of came up organically as all good things do we were talking about how we both had some pretty extreme health challenges in our lives, mm-hmm. which obviously causes, causes one to look at themselves and evaluate themselves and their place in the world differently. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. I think um, it's interesting. This came about 
so organically because, um, you know, as you know, I, I'm a wellness coach. I deal with um, the, the nutrition side and, and the, the relationship with food and body, but it all usually, whether people realize it or not, when they start working on that, it all kind of like boils down to that self-love piece, right? Mm. Sometimes, sometimes they consciously realize it and sometimes we don't, but it all kind of comes back to that all roads lead to. So interesting that, you know, we first picked another topic and, um, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) all roads led back here. Um, But yeah, I think there's been, I know, um, in my own life, I've gone through, you know, coming up on 10 years ago, a major car accident. Um, and, and just last year, you know, I, I went through COVID-19 and had a pretty severe case, I would call it and, and some long-term complications from that. So, Mm. um, so it's, it's again, boiled down to like, you know, nourishing myself through that and just being able to give ourselves a lot of grace and, um, have a high level of self-care and self-love when it comes to those things, which is usually counter culture, or I should say counter our social conditioning, (laughs) right? Yeah. Well, we're all, we're conditioned, uh, we're always chasing perfection and wanting things to be perfect or a certain way. And then life comes along. And like you say, you had a car accident, you had the COVID-19 with some of the long-term health effects. I myself earlier this year and for the past few years have had a journey through the hospitals with my intestinal health. And I, I mean, I can't speak for you, but when I was in those situations there, well, I'm sure most people would feel this way. They're just, you don't want to be there. You don't want to have that happen. And you start to get down on yourself, but actually out of that situation, eventually the light at the end of the tunnel was a greater sense of appreciation for who I am and the, how precious life is. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. I mean, how precious life is, how, um, and how that, like how that experience and that journey informs like who I am now, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like how I relate to the world. And it's such a, um, I developed a lot of empathy, you know, for others. If I hadn't been through some hard, some hardships myself, I'm not sure I would have developed that level of empathy to understand that, you know, kind of everyone's going through fighting their own battles and going through their own things. Um, but yeah, I can share a little deeper as to like some of those stories so we can see some of the threads there. Of course. Um, yeah, because that was a real tough, I mean, prior to that car accident, I had been a really like, you know, just on a path of work hard and play hard and go, go, go. And like you said, striving for perfection mm-hmm. and uh, super productive and, you know, captain of the team and salesperson <laughs> of the year and, you know, climbing the corporate ladder and, yeah. and running marathons and you name it. Like I was there, I was a soccer wow. game and Zumba class and all the things, you know, it was like just a bundle of energy. And it did, you know, that served me for a while. 
Um, not saying it was wrong, but once I had uh, that car accident that that affected my spine and um, uh, my cervical and lumbar area, I just, you know, I, I, I had to relearn how to run, you know, like mm. I was really had to be really still for a really long time. And that's something I was not accustomed to yeah. <laughs> at all. So I kind of struggled my way through um, neurologist appointments and um, a real Western medical approach to my healing for about a year. Um, and that ended with the doctors telling me to, to fuse my discs together. Um, and I was just about 30 years old at the time and, you know, still really young and <laughs> thought, I didn't know any better, right? I didn't know any alternative other than what they were telling me, but I just knew it was one of those in, um, intuitive moments of not that, nope, <laughs> like as a full body, no, I'm not gonna do that. And um, that then led me on this whole um, journey uh, of alternative modalities, right? Like Dr. Andrew Whale, like, mm -hmm functional medicine, alternative modalities, things I had never explored before, whether they be, you know, ther more therapies or more, um, you know, healing practices like Qigong and Tai Chi and yoga and things like that, whether that be acupuncture, whether it be um, nutrition, uh, or even started to get into energy work and things like that on the spiritual side. So all of this kind of you know, culminated with my leaving uh, corporate America and going back to nutrition school. So that event, you know, and the experience I went through with healing myself through alternative medicine and holistic modalities, and especially nutrition, kind of just kept um, unraveling in my life, right? So I did a complete 180, went back to nutrition school. Um, and now I'm on this path of, of coaching others through their own health challenges. But that never would have happened had I not had the car accident in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. So it's been really interesting. And, and the thing you don't know when you're in it, it's so tough when you're in it, you're just thinking, I want to be done. Like when am I, you know, anyone who's ever dealt with chronic illness or chronic pain, it's tough, right? Yeah. It's not, it's tough. It's, um, you, you miss your old self, you're grieving your old self and your old body. Um, you can't really, like, you cannot see the light at the tunnel, at the end of the tunnel. Um, but what you do get are these little, you know, I call them the breadcrumbs of the universe, right? You get the little, you get the path to follow. And that, that was my job at the, at the time was just to follow them. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't have much of, of a choice, but I also didn't know that at the end, uh, you know, I just thought when I left the job, I didn't know I was going back to nutrition school. When I went to nutrition school, I didn't think for sure it would become a new career. I just, I was just following the next thing in front of me. And that broke down to even, oh, today I need to rest. Oh, today I just need to dance on the beach. Oh, today I want to FaceTime with my dad. Oh, today I want to read a book. You know, like giving myself that kind of um, space to really listen to my body and listen to my spirit, rest when I needed to rest, play when I needed to play. And 
we talk about, you know, these expectations of productive, you know, it's coming from IT sales. So I was, so that was a very like on, right? 24 seven, if someone's, if someone's um, network isn't working, that's a big deal, you know, corporate mm-hmm. client or something like that. So I was very available. So I actually lived without a cell phone for the entire year of 2013. When I left, um, you know, I had my actual, I had my iPad back at my house. So that was my, I left it in my home and it was kind of like the nineties, right? If I went out, mm-hmm. I went out. If I yeah. was home, I was home and you could get a hold of me via my iPad. Um, but it was a wonderful kind of unwinding of kind of the modern day hazards and in, of being like, you know, so connected and things like that. Um, but I, what I have found like, you know, to kind of sum up that part, that part of it is there's, and what's really just hit home with, I would say this last year that we've all been through a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff is reframing, not saying like, I need to rest just so that I can go be productive again, but no, like rest actually is productive for me. You know what I mean? Like, um, like reframing the sense of like, we tend to think in frames of what's the output, what's the result, you know, that sort of thing. And for me, I've really been coming into this space of, okay, those are what, what I call with my clients vertical uh, upgrades, if you will, or, you know, but these are more horizontal upgrades. I know I'm making, I know I'm creating the physical body that's going to hold the vertical upgrade. I know I'm resting uh, because that's what I need right now. I'm honoring yeah. myself. It's not even with a purpose of going to be productive in the sense that the world thinks it's more just um honoring who I am as a human being and that this is part of you know what I mean like um again just unplugging from those like kind of real societal uh norms and back into you know because a lot of modern day norms aren't really conducive to human physiology or mm-hmm. psychology <laughs> so totally. just like unplugging from them and really um, being willing to create a new normal for myself yeah totally I created a list here before we got on the call of a bunch yeah. of the the things that I wanted to talk about roadblocks to self-love I feel like you pretty much hit on a lot of them there let's hear them let's hear them <laughs> well I like what you said about you know, being going through your medical journey and that developing a lot of empathy. And uh, one of the podcasts I've got coming up here soon will be with a, a disability pride group. And it's really, it's really so true. After you go through those experiences, you realize that, or at least I did, you kind of step back from this idea you had of what was perfection and you know i've been hospitalized i've had three surgeries for this particular condition that i have so uh, there's a lot of resistance to that in me of like oh i wish wish this didn't happen or i wish this was yeah. my life or whatever and we create these these um just kind of templates in our mind these blueprints of what we think happiness is but learning to just 
step back and accept totally unconditionally who we are, where we're at, and reframing our kind of vision of what it means to be happy or successful or any of these things that basically society has imprinted in us and again learning to step back from that and being just completely okay with who we are and filling ourselves with positive self-talk affirmations these kinds of things it's huge I mean there's so many tools out there for us like you're you're speaking to and I also just want to um like like affirm for everyone that it's a process, you know what I mean? Like accepting, like just the act of, you know, there's a lot of, of talk in the conscious and spiritual community about like release, release, right? But it's a process to really, um, especially if there's trauma involved, you know, physical, emotional, mental trauma involved. It's a process to really accept, to go into um, that experience, like, you know, remother, reparent yourself and, um, and, and accept it and become neutral with it, right? There's no charge there of it should have been this way or it should have been that way. And even thank it, right? Like thank that experience for what, and or thank who you were during that era. um, And then it can be released. Like it's, it's a little bit of a process. And I I think that's, yeah, that's why we're here for each other, right? (laughs) Yeah. It always reminds me of that quote when you say that from uh, the Matrix Morpheus. He said it had to be this way because it could not be any other way. And, mm. you know, the way things plan out there, everything's happening in divine timing. Sometimes we don't always see it at the time and it can be really difficult. But having that unconditional acceptance of self and, and others in the world around us and being patient, as you said. Yeah, yeah, being patient, just giving ourselves a lot of grace for knowing that um, maybe all you're supposed to do this week is stay in bed. You know, that (laughs) sounds like a little bit of blasphemy from, you know, (laughs) Amanda 10 years ago wouldn't have bought that, right? Like there's no (laughs) way I'm supposed to stay in bed for an entire week. How can that be helping me? Um, but that's something I don't hesitate to do if that's something I need, right? Yeah. If that's something I'm being called to do. So it's, it's interesting. And the thing that's coming up for me now, as we're talking is just like how integral we are for each other, like we are for each other's journeys, right? Totally. Like just having a support system support, and support group. Yeah. That was another big thing I, I had on my list is having that support group that can help us help remind us of who we are and, and, and the beauty in ourselves. Sorry, sorry yeah. to interrupt there. I was just <laughs> no, adding please, on please. to what you said. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge to have like people who love and care about you, people who can speak truth back to you about who you are, people who are cheering you on, on your sidelines. And, um, and also like something that was huge to me was just being like, bringing myself back to like a beginner's mind in the sense of like, oh, maybe I don't know anything, you know, right, like, right. you know, like, oh, I've always been taught it's this one way, but, you know, um, who would have thought that I would have told a neurologist? No, like he oh. went through years of medical school. Right. And yeah. I was like, no, nope, there's something else out there. And then, and then, um, 
you know, kind of coming down to zero with my expectation of how medical system, you know, the medical system works and healing works and things like that. And then just having that beginner's mind and being really open. So for me at that time, I'm so grateful for the, the holistic practitioners and functional doctors and different, um, you know, types of therapists and body workers and spirit workers that showed up mm-hmm. for my path forward. And so the interesting thing about that is, and, you know, now I'm so grateful that that's what I get to do for a living, right. Is like help other people on that, on that journey. And I, I see a, um, almost a resistance sometimes of people like being willing to ask for help, because again, that's something that hasn't been celebrated in our society, Mm -hmm. but it's like, when we, ask for help for our support system, you know, on one side of things, or we invest in ourselves with a coach or a healer or something like that. It's, um, it's, it's so helpful. It's almost even starts the healing response to be sharing of yourself that way, right? Like Mm -hmm. a burden shared is a burden halved, you know, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, also it collapses what I call collapses time, it collapses the timeline, like, sure, you can go on doing it yourself, but it might take this many years, (laughs) it could take this many months, if you, if you are willing to reach out to those around you who are ready, willing to help if you're not, you know, I, I, there's a quote out there, something to the effect of like, um, you're robbing them of their gift. They want to give you this gift, right? You're robbing them of the of the joy of of gift giving if you Absolutely. don't receive help. Absolutely, so. yeah. Uh, one of the things on my journey that I've dealt with in the past is, is addiction and going through support groups like Twelve Step and AA yeah. and that kind of thing. And yeah, it's very much that same idea. Like you go into those rooms oftentimes with a lot of shame that you don't want to share these things. And when you, when you let that take that weight off and share, like, this is, this is my story. This is my journey. And there's something very healing about that. And that the other people's, you know, that's kind of the whole, the whole thing with uh, these, these 12 step groups and so forth and other support groups is everyone's there to help each other. So they want to, to help you, as you just said. Yes, 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 yes. How was it for you coming back from um, like your surgeries and things like that? Well, the last one was really challenging. I, I, I shared, I devoted an entire episode more or less to it, uh, 22, the reboot. And yeah, it was really challenging because I went in there and I got very depressed, obviously, that was not where I want to be much like yourself, you know, I'm very, yeah. I'm very active, I was living healthy, but this is something that's sort of out of my control. It's more like my intestines didn't anatomically form correctly at birth. So mm-hmm. uh, they can have the tendency to get twisted. And that's what happened. And it was only I think, as you know, and other people who followed me, it happened only 13 months prior. I was in Hawaii and I had to stay, you know, my vacation was cut half short, but also twice as long because I ended up being in the hospital there. And it's, you know, it's pretty traumatic. It's not where you want to be. You don't, you're just enjoying life one night and then 
all of a sudden you're waking up in the uh, operating room. Um, so it was very scary. Plus this was at the height of COVID going on that you can have visitors in the hospital. I don't think you still can't where we are. Um, so I went from that really, really dark place to cultivating just a lot of self-acceptance because I had to, um, I could either resist it and continue to be depressed that this is sort of, I don't want to, but these are the cards I've been dealt type of thing and be like, well, this sucks, but I learned to just accept that and cultivated this huge well of gratitude for the people around me, supporting me, family, friends. And that really inspired me to get back on top of this podcast because I had been taking an extended break during all the COVIDness of 2020 and not sure where I wanted to go with that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think, uh, I think the biggest thing for me, like my number one thing for cultivating self-love of myself is just learning to be completely okay with my uniqueness and being that I'm now 30, 36 years old. It's something that I've stepped into a lot more that it's harder when you're younger, when you're in your twenties yeah. or you're growing up because, we all have this idea of what we sh- what we should be like, what we should be doing, saying all these expectations, but just being completely, as long as you're not hurting yourself or others in the process, you're good. You're, you, we're all so beautiful in our, in our uniqueness. Every single one of us, there is no sort of gold standard that we need to live up to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of letting your words wash over me. That's so true. Um, Yeah, I was just wondering for you, what are some of your, the top things? We have about five minutes left here in the podcast. The top things that you do to cultivate that sense of self-love. I think the... um, you know, I have a few practices that I'll speak to, but just to kind of tail on what you were saying about uniqueness, it's interesting. Yes. Like, I think the more we, I think cultivating our uniqueness is an act of self-love, right? Like just um, being willing to be known and accept ourselves first and then yeah. be known for our unique abilities and 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 quirks and personality is huge um and so that takes just being brave in little moments over Mm. and over and over and over again right like uh you and i brian met at the fruit festival and i had never um emceed an entire (laughs) weekend festival before but that was me being brave over and over again uh in those in those moments and just like being willing to fall back on my own uniqueness and my own gifts right um and not I find also like I I tell myself a lot like I'm willing to see this differently um you know than I've been acculturated to see it or um um how can I tell the story differently right when we go back to our traumatic moments or whatever like they become less and less charged as you tell them over time the more you accept them and accept their their role in your journey um But all that to say, I think there's a huge, um, 
cultivating self-love I mean I have like daily things as far as um tapping into asking myself like what is what does my body need today you know like I'm in pre-covid I was in a space of oh I like to walk each day maybe I like to walk to the beach you know I live here in Florida maybe I like to walk to the beach for sunrise I make myself a nice green juice or green smoothie or something like that like you know all those kind of daily things that are Mm -hmm. that are um nourishing me right um but here I'm finding it like it's almost like self-love self-care on a moment-to-moment basis um, and it's almost not these things I do, but it's like the, the frequency of being it, right? Like being the love and compassion for myself, for others versus just like, is it a bunch of boxes to tick, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it a bunch of, um, you know, I, that informs tapping into that kind of, um, that kind of energy, I guess, kind of informs what I might actually need to quote do, right? Um, But it's like, how do I wanna feel in my body today? What, how can I experience pleasure today? How can I experience fun today? How can I show up for others today? I guess those are kind of more the questions I'm asking myself um, than like um, kind of ticking a bunch of boxes. But I do have a bunch of practices I could share, mm-hmm. but you know, do you kind of get what I'm saying there? Yeah, absolutely. Like, and he, even just yeah. that, that breathing practice that we did before we went on live here is a, doing those meditations and stuff, such a great way. But I particularly like what you said about being brave and just, just stepping out there and doing it and living your truth and your mission I think that's kind of a great way to close this off because I think that that maybe is like one of the most valuable pieces of advice or whatever that I've learned along my way is just having the courage, just do what you feel you came here to do and the amount of self-love that you're going to feel from that, from living your truth. And I, you use the word that I don't think we've used, used in this podcast yet but sovereignty that was one of the yeah 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 which is based I mean we might not have used the word but that's basically what we've been talking about exactly. the whole yeah. time is the sense of not looking um outside for answers as yeah, we've kind yeah, of been yeah. conditioned to consider everyone else the expert but to know that you have that I have that you have that everyone has that innate wisdom that you know divine knowing inside of ourselves um that is ourselves right that we we have that sense of knowing of what's best for ourselves for for us you know whether that's what to eat or what to do or how to nourish um or you know just how to how to assess the situation and take a decision those are all sense like your sense of sovereignty uh, or, or personal agency or personal power and it's, it's very tied to joy as well. So um, what's interesting is I think the better sense of self we have with those things and not getting into kind of codependent patterns in our relationships mm. and with the world at large, yeah. um, not making other people responsible for our happiness or our lives, um, but taking that radical self-responsibility is an act of self-love and um, 
is nourishment sovereignty you know amazing perfect ryan do you mind if i end this um this cast with my own uniqueness that would be that would be (laughs) excellent and then maybe as well end it with that and just let people know where they can find you online and what you're doing these days sure sure well i'll share that first so i'm um and if they want, you know, to know more about the four, seven, eight breathing technique or the plugging into heaven and earth meditation that, you know, the centering yeah. exercises we did, they can contact me. Um, you can find me at uh, heismanhealth.com or amandaheisman.com um, is, is my website. Also across all the socials, uh, I'm either Amanda Heisman, my name or Heisman Health, my business. Uh, and I'm really all about helping people come into, you know, my work is kind of where nutrition science meets food psychology meets more shamanic energy work. So we do a lot of work in the subconscious to change those, the conditioning around food and body. Uh, So really bringing folks into a really beautiful, like reconnection with their body, but uh, an easy and joyful relationship with food an easy and joyful relationship with their body and therefore self-love and easy and joyful relationship with themselves. Right. Um, and really kind of stepping away from again, cultural conditioning around diet restriction, all these different dietary theories and into the universal energy of nourishment, which is just really open and free and pleasurable and divine and sacred. And your our birthright as, as humans, Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I do. I work with people, uh, one-to-one in private programs. And I have a few different ways I do that longer term, shorter term. Uh, and I'm also doing a, um, a four week embodiment series with another couple of ladies that's coming up here soon this summer. Um, but yeah, if, if there's any, feel free to contact me via my website or social media accounts uh, or email amanda at heismanhealth.com if you have any inquiries i can do a you know a free first consult uh channeling for people i kind of channel the needs of the nourishment body of that person in the vein of medical intuitive nice yeah so um what i was just going to do is is um close with a little uh, song a blessing which is w- one that I shared at the fruit fest but I think would be um, just you know a good way to end and for all your listeners great <clears throat> so I invite you and your listeners to just receive close your eyes if you'd like and I'm just going to sing this blessing straight to your heart In this body, no fear. In this body, deep peace. In this body, great happiness. In this body, safety. You experience deep peace, safety, great happiness, and love in your body today and every day. Thank you. 
Thank you, Amanda. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the show today. Remember, if you like what you just heard, the number one thing you can do to help support this vision is share this episode with your family and friends. And you can find us online, including links to all our social media at www.elysiumproject.tv. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.